We are live. Well, we should be live. I, I don't know how this this gimmick's going to work today, but we'll see. But we should be live. And if you guys can see us, we're live, pal. And welcome back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, to the General Admission Wrestling Podcast, the only wrestling podcast that cuts to the nitty-gritty and the gets in the wheels um, and gets to the nitty-gritty of the weird and wild world of professional wrestling. Wait, 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 what? Uh, Ben, wrong show. Oh, yeah, this... we haven't done... God damn it. Was... Oh, God, I'm telling Matt, I don't have to fucking, like, host for once. I can just no. fucking talk. Nope. Oh, great, I'm totally in my element. You know what's hilarious? If you go back and you watch, like, a lot of the GAWP yeah. episodes... This is, not a, this is not me burying either one of you, but I'm the one who kind of sets everything up, and then I just let you and Mike go for, like, ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, I think that was, like, our best format, though. It was. Like, that was the best thing we did because it was. I've learned throughout doing this now and doing the podcast for so long. It's like you kind of want to set a tone and then just let everyone else get their shit in. That makes like, sense. Like, it, it, it works. Like, that's how Gop was. Like, we just, okay, you did the whole shebang and then we'll start talking. But to do the actual intro, what is up, everyone? This is the Law Ray Ramundo, and we are back with another edition of the Laws Roundtable. We're finally back. This is episode number eight, and I'm I can't believe we're not canceled yet, but okay. <laughs> we're still here, and I had to bring a good brother of mine. This is a little bit of a golf reunion here, as I'm live with Benjamin Falbo. It feels weird to say it like that way. I'm just gonna call you Ben. I can't say oh, yeah, I can't I know, be proper right? anymore. Sorry, no. guys. I tried. <laughs> it's like, who the fuck... What the fuck are... Like, for you and me at this point, what the fuck are formalities at this point? Because we we, we did... For those who don't know, me and Ray did a show for three, or, three years? I want to say three years? Yep. Three years called the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. And so, like, I've known this guy for a long time. So, like, it's kind of pointless to do intro like for me to introduce myself to you at this point so i guess like it's it's just it's weird doing this in a new context it really is you know what it is i feel like especially again when we change the format anything like that the outlook of it but it's like it's still just us like we haven't changed we haven't done anything else it's like still you it's still me it's just different outlook so boom we have the round table here uh we already have a question from cal is wrestling a question for Ben. Why? Why, Ben? <laughs> Why? Okay. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a, that, that leaves itself open to a lot of interpretation, so let's take that from the back. Why? <laughs> There's a lot of things you can take out of that word, like, why am I making the things that I'm making? Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Why am I presenting myself to the world in a very specific way? Uh, that opens itself up to a lot of uh, avenues, but... Uh, the answer to, I think, all of them is kind of just because I feel like it. And we're going to be talking about a lot of that today. So, boom, there you go. Perfect segue there, guys. So, let's we start talking. About, yeah, let's start talking about this. Let's start. Because last time we spoke, I feel like it was at the, maybe the halfway point of this craziness that we're in. So, it's been yeah. a few more months. It's been a lot. Uh, a lot of things have happened. A lot of things have changed. But how's it going, brother? How you feeling? Uh, I am both the most overwhelmed and uncertain I've been in a while, but I'm also like feeling that I've been closer to the kind of success that I want to achieve more so than I've ever been in my life. It's a delicate balancing act, but that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Currently. 
I feel like that's when you're when you're a creator of anything, if it's digital media, if it's anything in any form of art, I feel like you're always gonna be able to be at that balance of like this is what we get and you still don't know if you're at that point like I'm right there, am I getting close to there? What is truly there anymore? And I feel like with us that we're always we're changing our goals and we're changing what it is we wanna produce, it's like you you never know anymore. <laughs> Like no, what it's that? Like, yeah, it's a constantly. It's a, it's cliche to say this, but it's like the being in any kind of entertainment or content creation. It's just it's, it's an ever changing beast. Yeah, and you have to even if it's something small, you have to put something out like every 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 few weeks, every few months, just so like the populace knows that you're still doing things. So it's a, you you gotta. It, when I say it's like content creation, it is content creation. You are creating content whether it's for 15 people or for like a million people watching you and that's it's not the easiest line of work to break into and lord knows like there's like a there's a significant uphill curve to getting it to a sustainable point in your yep. life but like when you go through it you're going to have something unique that like no one else is going to have like that's something that joey diaz says like if you bust your ass you're going to have something that nobody else has and that's kind of that's kind of the the fulfilling part of it for me yeah hey gotta listen uncle joey um <laughs> no but definitely like i feel like to, like we spoke about this even off air we spoke about it earlier like we both are seeking those creative goals like we both have found what it is that we love to do our passions there and you said it best it's like when you're doing this it never stops that content creating has to be there like i took my break this week i spoke about it on my my stream yesterday and it's like even even though that i was taking that break it's like i had ideas flowing again like i needed to do this i needed to do this and it's like you never you never stop when you're really passionate about something and i feel like that's what we it's our gift and it's also our curse in a sense if you catch my drift if, if anybody told you that we were just your average <laughs> average everyday happy-go-lucky guys not a care in the world somebody lied <laughs> oh man but we'll talk about because actually last time we spoke on an on a platform like this we were talking about wrestling in general we we're talking about our our interests but we also now have to talk to you about the documentaries because i didn't get to ask on the last time we did because we usually don't break our break in like what we do on GOP, but on here it's like, hey, whatever we want to do. I had to ask, what is it that made you want to start doing the documentaries and start doing these these products of yours? Uh, I want to say because like it came from like this restless uh, place within me, like this creative fire yeah. or something like pretentious and like masturbatory like that. But the God's honest truth is I saw what uh, guys like Kenny Johnson were doing okay, on YouTube yeah, yeah. with like uh, Please Don't Die, Joey Janela, um, uh, Came for the Stiff, Came for Stiff, uh, Sammy Callahan, like, uh, the, like the Orange Cassidy documentary, the PCO documentary. And I was seeing like all and like Dark Side of the Ring became a thing. And I was like, wow, professional wrestlers leave these really interesting lives. And yeah. I was like. I would really love to do that. And that also coincided with a college class I was taking. I should say it came from two things, interest and necessity. I was taking a a lot of classes back in college ed, for just to, to less them all would take too much time, but like editing classes, uh, portfolio classes, 
um, filmmaking courses, like design courses, like all these different things. And for so many, and at the same time, I was uh, working for uh, Capital Wrestling, now Catalyst Wrestling. And it just kind of felt like a logical way to get get something tangible out of the work I was no. doing at the time. Cause like, I felt like, like I'm going to be around these interesting people. I might as well do something with it. So I made a movie. It's called, what was it? I think it was called sweat zero dimes and sweaty tights, like a story of NYC professional wrestlers. And it was like 10 minutes and it featured uh, it featured Smiley, T.J. Marconi, and uh, someone else I cannot mention because they have been canceled. So I'm just going to leave it there. I, get, I need to be transparent about that because I think it's hysterical at this point uh. that I have something in my catalog like that. But hey, you got to be honest about these things. That said, I, I, there, I'm not ashamed of it. But there's a reason I don't make it, like, very publicly available. Yeah. It's honestly, for a first attempt, I think it's pretty good. Like, it has it has ebb and flow to it and it has visuals. But it's very clear. If you compare it to something that I made last this year or last year, like, it's, it's a night and day comparison. Which I feel like that keeps you on your toes, though. It keeps you humble to see that growth. Like, you want to see stuff like, I love how Facebook gives you the memory option and it's like, I've seen graphics that I've done, and I'm like, oh, I want to pull my hair. Like I, I'm like, I, it's. <sighs> I have seen I have seen work I've done going far back as like four years, and I honestly can't think what I was no don't know what I was thinking sometimes. Yeah, it's like it, and again, it just shows how we grow, which is a great thing. Like no matter what you do, especially if you're wrestling, it's, you're gonna know. Especially if you're passionate about it, if you really are serious. You're going to grow with your craft and you're going to get better at it. Well, you're supposed to get better at it. And luckily, we both have definitely have because, again, that's why I want to talk to you about these amazing documentaries you have put out. Especially, let's start with this one. I have the graphic already set up. It's like I knew I was going to talk about this, but let's talk about the movie. Ooh, movie. Hey, listen, like <laughs> the wizard does not pull back the curtain. OK. <laughs> this is the best thing because it's like there's no editing, so it's like I have to have this set up. But quote, it's like to quote our sur to quote our surrogate father, like kiss his fave, motherfucker, kiss his fave. But let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Whatever. rise and fall of Blackcraft. That was like your big like kick in the door here to all this, and it's like we're almost a year in since you released it. If I'm not yeah, mistaken, it actually it just passed like at least four or three days ago on September 9th. It was the one year anniversary and of, the, of the rise and fall of Blackcraft Wrestling. Like, geez, that's what thirty thousand dollars almost. Uh, last I checked, it's, it's edging towards thirty thousand views. So Jeez. that is still the thing that I am most known for. <laughs> I still receive comments for. I still get the infrequent tweet about. And when I bring it up, it's the one thing that I feel perfectly comfortable, like, name-dropping around people, like, at a social <laughs> event, that, hey, I have 30,000 views on this thing that I made. Yeah. It's like, my, it is the one, it is one of the very few pieces of content that I've made that I can very much declare as a flex for me, just a little bit. Hey, you got to, you got to put something, you got to, you got to be like, hey, I did this, people are talking about it, I had this person on there, like, Yep. No, but it also is very well done. I got to give you that, brother. Like, not Thank again, you. not just because you're my friend, but it is very well done. And 
I feel like when you talk about a subject like that, it's very touchy. Because it's yeah. like, it's that, yeah. it's that double-edged sword of there's going to be people that enjoy this, but then you're going to get the flack from people that are like, what the fuck are yeah. you doing here? Okay, I've, it's been a while since I've had to talk about this movie because I did, I did a few guest appearances talking about this back when it came out. I was on the Bad Wrestling Podcast and I gave them the whole rundown of this yeah. thing. Because Shout out to those guys, by the way. They're awesome. But um, yeah, um, in the time since the release of the movie, it has, it has developed this reputation of like, I very much, and here's the thing, this is literally like the first time I did something like this. This is an hour, this was a video that was supposed to be 30 minutes long at the most, and ended up ballooning into double that length, (laughs) because I simply could not stop putting stuff into that movie. Because you gotta understand, when I made that thing, it came out of boredom. And I know that seems very cynical to say, but like, you gotta keep in mind, it came from, it was like the first two months of lockdown when I started no. working on that thing. No. Like, you know, those first, those early days of COVID where we didn't know how bad this shit, we knew, we had an idea, but like, we had no idea how bad it was going to get. No. There was just this period of time where I was down in my, in the room, my, in the basement, just bored out of my mind. I no. had another film I had been working on that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yep. But graphics already set up. We'll definitely be talking about that in a bit. Hey, babe, back. <laughs> but yeah, and I was just thinking to myself, God damn it, I am fucking bored. Yeah. And it's just nothing to fucking do but like eat and take naps and just watch shit. That's all it was. No. And I was just dicking around on Twitter, which is how most of my good and bad ideas start. And I see this person has since changed their handle, so I'm sorry if I can't even say their name, but there was this person on Twitter who was doing a thread about like how it sucked that Black Crap Wrestling vanished. Yeah. And I made a joke in the comments, and I'm sure at some point I've tweet deleted this by now because everyone should do that every six months, by the way. That's my public service announcement to all of you. Yeah, I gotta do that. <laughs> do it. But um but um I was just, I made a joke and I said, hey, you know, because I had just binge watched uh, uh, the, I had just uh, binge watched the rise and fall of ECW. Yep. And I'd been like drinking, so I was drinking whiskey. I was watching that a couple times and I was like, yeah, this would be cool to do for Blackcraft because that came and went in a year. Yeah. And it had this big fucking impact. Yeah. No, and it definitely, it's like, it's, it's the perfect timing because it's like, it had its cult following for that year that lasted though. It like, did. people That's, definitely I, got very close to it and very, like, they were following of it. There was a following for this thing, yeah. and that's why when I made that joke, I didn't... I, I said it very haphazardly. I was like, I've been meaning to make the rise and fall of Blackcraft Wrestling. Fifteen minutes after I sent that tweet, uh, Matt, Matthew Justice does a little eye glance emoji <laughs> to respond to it, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like, holy shit, like, Senpai has noticed me. Yeah. And, uh, oh my god, they've noticed. Because <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, Matt Justice was the last ever Blackcraft Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. And he basically said, hey, if you want to do... And I literally just said, let's talk. And he got, we, we got into each other's DMs, and he said to me, like, if you want to do this, I can actually help you do this. I can get you these people. And I... And like he ended up getting me uh, Brandon Lombardo, one of the legitimate people behind it creatively, and that led to uh, Zicky Dice, 
that uh, recent Impact signee, Nick Izuki Dice. Shout out to him. Check out his Twitch streams. Those are fantastic. Yeah, definitely are. Those guys are the top tier content right there. Uh, G Raver, like GCW <laughs> frequent uh, deathmatch, uh, fucking badass. G Raver, um, Soraya uh, Knight. Yep. The, the the matriarch of the page of the uh, Knight household, which was blew my mind by the way. Which was like I watched a movie of you. I said this to her. I watched a film <laughs> where you were portrayed by a person, and now I am talking to you, the actual person. That was like perfect timing too, because the movie had just come out maybe in the few like few months when you were doing that. So it's like, meh. It, it worked. I think it was. It was still kind of a recent movie. I knew it had yep. like at least done its home media release, and people yep. were watching it. I know OSW did a thing about it. Yep. But uh, yeah, eventually it just it it just came down to you're doing nothing else right now. You have literally no excuse. Somebody I spoke to said you literally have no excuse not to do this. You are yep. doing nothing. When are these people going to be this accessible again? Because no one's at home do everyone's at home doing nothing right now, yep. and people are starved for new content. So I was like, "Fuck it! If I'm going to be down here, I can't hunt for a job right now, because like the world's on fire." Yeah. And so I was like, "Fuck it! I'm going to be the guy that makes the rise and fall of Blackcraft Wrestling." So <laughs> I made a poster, I put it out. It gets like a little bit of buzz, and so for the next, like, oh, for that entire summer, I worked on that fucking thing from head to tail yep. and I was when I tell you I was throwing shit into that thing until the very last minute oh he was <laughs> like I could tell you from a friend's experience yeah. like him sending like oh this is rough draft number two rough draft number 75 and it's yeah. like every time he would send an update I'm like bro how is this getting better because there's more content going in and there's little edits of this and this and this and it's like again you guys got to see the final version of it and it's like there's so much and i can imagine again just to break the the fourth wall there i can imagine there's even more stuff you'd have wanted to put afterward oh dude like, if i had had like five two more months to work on that thing you know <laughs> i would have tried to uh, first of all it, one of my big regrets one of my big regrets and like it was kind of a pipe dream but you know what never say because this because never say never about these kind of things i wanted so badly to get i to get pco <sighs> like i really wanted to see if i could get in contact with pco or at least destro man or, you know what's I, crazy i would imagine they would have been down to like yeah, bro, I, what I what tried. this whole is sh like, especially with everything going on with the pandemic. I feel like content right now, it's like you kind of have to say fuck it. What's the worst they're gonna say? No. Precisely. Like legit, I had a few weeks ago. You saw, I spoke to Jimmy Jacobs on here, <laughs> and the the thing I did was legit. And I'm gonna I'll say it here. I just sent him a message, and, and it's like I feel like we get into our own heads. Like, that's like. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna get into it. What's like, and boom, it's like damn. But hey, you never know. There could always be a time for the next documentary. Who knows? So potentially, yeah. Because like there was so much that I really, really wanted to do for that thing. But the eleventh hour decision that I made with that movie, you gotta understand. I could have put that movie out like way earlier than I could have. Oh yeah. But I had. I got a wild hair up my ass at the 11th hour, and I'm not even kidding. I just got this stupid idea 
to just be like, hey, you know what this fucking thing needs? A song cover of a song cover. <laughs> I reached out to my friend, and she changes her name on social like every year or so. Right now, her name on Facebook is Alistair Eidixman. <laughs> Or Alistair Joan Gorman. I believe you've met her once or twice. Yeah. Like, she went to the Legends Bar with us once or twice for wrestling. Okay, shows. yeah, yeah, Definitely, yeah. And I knew that she was a really talented guitarist and vocalist. Yeah. And so I just rolled the dice, and I was like, hey, listen, I have, like, no money right now, which I'm going to say a lot in this, by the way. I have no money to, like, pay you, like, a ton. But I could pay you, like... 40 to $50, like at least for enough for five trips to Chipotle, maybe, if that's your metric. And I said to her, can you do a cover of Kurt Cobain singing In the Pines on MTV's Unplugged, which is a cover of a Lead Belly song? So I asked for a cover of a cover of a cover. I love how it's so specific, too. It's like yeah. this version of it that's not even the original. It's like, oh, you got to love it. Which, again... I Hey, again, guys, when, you do, when you're doing stuff like this, you kind of have to get that, like, specific, specific with it just for the legalities of all this. Like, Precisely. again, like, I'm planning something. Like, I've started talking to some artists. Like, because, again, love Twitch, love YouTube, but copyrights on here are a bitch. <laughs> oh, God, it's the fucking... Like, that's, uh, it's the most bullshit things. This is another behind-the-scenes thing about... Um, Blackcraft that I've never said publicly before. Um, there, technically speaking, there is a copyright strike on that video. Now, my channel is not at the point where I can monetize things, no. but even if I could, I couldn't monetize the video, unfortunately. No. But the copyright strike came from the most unexpected thing. The end credits, I do the ending stinger no. with uh, Brandon and Zicky about how the whole thing could have been in Zicky's head, which I thought was just the perfectly great way to end it after the after the left of the after the in the pines yeah. montage and i thought that zicky dice's theme which i thought was a fair use internet track is actually copyrighted by somebody so apparently you can't you can't do that which <sighs> is weird because that song appears a few times in the doc but I think it's because there's commentary and like it's on the house, it's on the house mic. Yeah, the, you know how it works. Like there's little things. Like I think you can distort. Yeah, audio I feel like the biggest thing is like if it's any audio, if it's changed by like a few seconds off, like if it's that that different, it it counts. You're good. But pro probably just by playing it clean. That's the fit. But again, guys, this is what it takes. Like this is how fucking. This is what the details of everything. Like those little things are killers to us as content creators. And, and I've learned so much from that 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 little doc that I made because uh, I've learned how kind the internet can be. Yeah. And I learned how uh, how kind of mean it can be. Yeah. I knew that for a while, but this is the first time that it literally became. This is the first time I've put out something that a large amount of people are talking about, especially. Some people that are up in the up in the higher yeah. level of the business right now. Now, for the sake of not like not like starting shit, it's like I'm not about that. This is as far as I'll go with it. There were some people who did not take kindly to a detail that I, ha in fairness, had gotten wrong in the movie. And I, there's a YouTube comment underneath the doc that clarifies yeah. this. I had spoke. My one and only mistake with the movies. I really should have, and this is my honest regret. 
I should have spoken to at least one or two people who worked at the preceding show. The preceding show. Yeah. Well, keep their name out of it just for... It's, no, you yeah. know. I'm trying to say that's a little bit... Yeah. I hope you'll understand. Yeah. And essentially... I should have spoken to some of those people and thought and verified, hey, person B and C said some said one thing here. Can you maybe verify if any of this lines no. up? So I am proud that eighty-five to ninety percent of everything in the documentary is I feel researched, I asked the right people, no. I got the inside story about things internally. This was like the one thing that's kind of I should have verified it with other people. And that was the the fact what I got wrong was that Blackcraft had that the previous show had overrun their time and that is what kind of dicked over the no apologies event at White Eagle Hall. That is not true and the factors that caused the, them to run over were fairly internal of Blackcraft wrestling. Yeah. So in fairness, that and I was very much called out on that in the comments on Twitter and I'm not I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy I got that detail wrong, but I'm I, I'm glad that I was called out on it, but like it was kind of a it was kind of a cold splash of water where I was like, huh. Sometimes when you're talking about an event, you have to like look at it from all angles. I feel like uh, I remember we spoke about this, and it's like, again, like even before we started talking about it, it's the double edged sword. That's like we knew people had their take on it. That was a lot of people were that cult following. And then there's the people that didn't like it as much. So it was like, either way, something was going to stir the pot, sadly. But to, to, your, to your, I guess, to put you over a little bit with this, like you said, a majority of the information you gave out was factual. It was to a T. It was correct. I'll give you that because a lot of times when we do watch these wrestling documentaries or documentaries in general, half the time it's like, Oh, yeah, let's ask this person who heard it from a person who heard it from that person that wasn't even there. So it's like yeah. at, at least you went to a majority of the actual sources because people that actually work for the place and they done that with every, every minute of you put out. You actually get perspectives from people that know what the fuck is going on. That it's not just, oh, yeah, let's ask Billy Bob over here what he thinks. Like, hey, Bill, what do you think? Like, and again, guys, this is stuff you have to do. Like, even when I do this podcast, it's like, do your research, know what it is you're talking about. Because if not, you look stupid on here. And it's the worst thing you could do. Again, though, to those that are new at this and still, it's, it doesn't hurt to also get that little bit of water in your face. Because also, hey, it's how you learn. Again, this, this wasn't... The first doc Ben is doing, this won't be the last. So it's, again, it's a growth process. Hey, 30,000 people watched it, though. That's something. Like... It's, like, it's the one, it's the one thing, like, yeah, I look at that view cam, like, when I, I went to bed that night, and it had maybe a 1,000 hits, and I woke up in the morning, and it had, like, 3,000 hits. And I was like, holy yep. fuck, this thing is... And before I knew it, I was at 10,000 views, and then I was at 20,000. I'm almost at 30,000. So a year on, it's still, and I still get a slow but steady trickle of subscribers to my YouTube because of that. I'm almost at 400 subscribers. Hey, there you go. And that's a very small, that's a small but like very meaningful milestone for me because that's the most I've ever had. Oh, there you go. And that's, I feel like that's, that's what it is. Again, like I said earlier, 
these as a content creator you have those goals that's like okay this is what i want to get to and then you start moving on and you start creating those goals and it's like hey year ago who would have known what would have come out of it a year later like you said over 400 subscribers there 30 almost 30,000 views on that one video alone and again more content to put out for that audience and so much more that's like again you can create those goals and see this is why it's worth it but from Blackcraft, I have to talk about, before we get to the other ones as well, one of my favorite documentaries you've put out. And it's not just because he's a friend of ours, but I gotta talk about it. Let's show the graphic here. A Dripping Skull production, which again is a production that you go under. The one above all documentary on Anthony Gang Gung Who possibly could be a future guy? No. Not saying anything. But... <laughs> Uh, this one I definitely got to put over because it to me was, again, one of my favorites just based off the scoring you did on it. Because, again, I'm a mark for, again, everything Kurt Russell, like a lot of that kind of stuff in there. That, those little details. Mm -hmm. That's like, ah, I'm glad you brought I can put I never got a chance to thank them publicly for this. But the the I like to thank the of course I went on I went found all the synth and yeah. 80s and carpenter music I could find the Anthony Gangone theme that I use in the opening credits is uh, a original piece it's made by Greg yep. Massey and he was is he, he was the form he's the former compa composer for uh, Capital now Catalyst Wrestling he did a lot of amazing tracks for us during that era and one of those he did several themes for Anthony Gangone. But one of the, but the, my favorite was this 80s Kurt Russell, like Big Trouble in Little China inspired track yeah. of his. And I thought, oh, this is perfect. But if you, if you go and you watch that title sequence, I modeled that shit directly after Big Trouble in Little China. Like big action, black title card, like big action, black title card. And it's, it's so, again, like, especially if you're big into that, those little details, you're like, ah, I see it. I see where this is from. I get it. And again, especially if you're a fan of ants, you you can see those imagery already in his in his own attire and his own persona itself. So it's like it fits with the documentary. And again, um, to me, it was one of the again, one of my favorites just because of topics that were spoken about stuff that he brought up and just again, how you put it out in a very um, how can I put it? It was done well for the seriousness also in it not to go into too much detail yes. because not for us to speak on but there's a lot of topics again i encourage anyone that hasn't seen it to definitely give it a watch just because mm -hmm. i will commend you on that that you were able to put on not only the lighter stuff that's on there again a lot of fun stuff a lot of very again stuff that we're into the pop culture and everything like that that seriousness on there that, that was that was done so well that's like this is good this is very professional take on it and again it shows that, that growth there. that that was he really not to again like when i spoke to anthony about doing that he was very i guarantee he's gonna probably i'm probably gonna get something wrong about this he's a kick he's gonna like kick me kick my ass for this but, or he'll get valentina to kick my ass which that would be worse honestly but he, uh, he was very transparent with me about wanting to... This was the first time he had shown 
to that side of yeah. himself in a in a public piece of yep. media and I was incredibly honored that he allowed me to be the one to show that. So when I did that sequence, and if you haven't seen it, go watch it, because I'm not going to recount it here, because it's not my story to tell. He, it's his own thing, and he does it far better than I or Ray ever could. Uh, there is a point in the movie that I loosely call the, this is where the movie stops being fun for a little bit, and it's a long, it's a long, at least four to five, three to four minute sequence where I just, I don't cut, I have no music, it's black and white, and it is just a man telling you a very serious story about a very serious moment in his life. And I thought to myself, you are in this moment, and this is the most pretentious I'll ever get, in this moment, you are not just, you are a content creator and a short filmmaker. You are a filmmaker, and you have to handle this in a very specific way. This isn't this isn't like handling like a like a this is handling not only just a social issue but like something that a lot of people talks about like mental health. That's what I'll yeah. say, and it talks about someone's mental state and like a lot of there was a lot of stuff. He was very vulnerable, and I very much appreciated his level of candor and his and his brutal honesty yeah. about the whole thing. It wasn't, and it wasn't easy. For, I'm positive it wasn't easy for him to talk about that. And again, I can't understate enough just how overstate enough just how honored I was to tell that no. story, but be the one to facilitate it. And when I finished it, I was like, when I've shown that movie to family members of mine, and even the ones who don't get it, they watch that sequence and they're like, "You did a good job conveying the somber nature no. of that." And it's one of the that's one of the few compliments I will honestly happily take without any reservation because I genuinely think I did a good a job as I could have showcasing that very serious element of it. And that's why I went the extra mile to make sure that the rest of the movie was very positive, very vibrant, yeah. very fun. That's why I wanted to balance that out. You get the good. No, and definitely. Bad. And I feel like, again, that's why I, again, I'll pause you on that because again, it's, it's needed. These things are also like, it's out there. It has to be done in a nature like that. But again, it has the perfect mix of, like you said, it's that vibrant color throughout the whole movie and you get to that piece and it's like, it's, it's beautifully done. It gives you enough that you're like, you know what? I can take this and still enjoy the other parts of it and feel like, you know what? I also, I get something from it. I learn something from it. Not just, oh, this is another wrestling documentary, you know? And again, it's, it's greatly done. Again, I encourage anyone that... This does give it a watch. You'll be able to enjoy not only a great story from Anthony Gangone, but also, hey, there's a lot of great content on there from companies like CZW, companies like Capital slash Catalyst Wrestling, and so much more. So definitely give that a watch. Definitely. That so, I'm very proud of. Awesome, that awesome. But from a more now we're gonna go into one that just looking at the graphic here, you definitely can talk about just there's a lot going on. So we have to talk about the Jersey Devils reject himself, Zach Amico. And yes, you read that correctly. It features Lloyd Kaufman himself. Okay. Let's get into your, in your head when you're thinking about creating something like this. Where do you start? With pleasure. <laughs> well... I was I was finishing up the Gangone documentary, yeah. 
And I was thinking to myself, you need to follow this up with something bigger. Like I had done, I had done some, I had done a few projects before that. I did my school stuff, did IMMV yep. Young, did 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 one above all. And I thought to myself, I need to do something bigger. And I, at the time, I was doing my. I'm currently back working with them on a project basis now. But I was working my doing my first little tenure interning for the Gas Digital yep. Podcast Company. And if you don't listen to them, wonderful people, wonderful programming. Put them, we'll put them over a thousand times, and you'll be soon be able to buy uh, merchandise that I have designed on the podcast merch store through Gas Digital. Hey. You'll, like, I'm not at liberty to say what just yet, but it's because it's not out yet, and some of it's still being approved. But there's a very good chance we'll see something that I designed be available for uh, general uh, consumption very soon. But I was working for them, and it, we had, I had already been introduced to Zach Amico through uh, through Capital Capitals yep. Wrestling. And Zach, from the moment I met him, just like struck me as like, what the fuck is going on with this dude? And I was like, and the more I learned, the more I found out, I'm like, wait a minute, he, he works in horror? Wait a minute, he works with trauma? Hold on a second, this guy just actively gets naked on stage? Wait a minute, this guy's like, his dick gets snapped in a rat trap? What the fuck? And of course, like, being on Legion of Skanks, Real Ass Podcast, his own podcast, Midnight Spook Show, and I was like, this dude is like legitimately something. And I was like, wow, I really, and I had a mild friendship with him at the time. Like I still do. Like I can't lie and say we hang out like all the fucking time, but I do get to see this guy quite a bit and he's just a wonderful human being. And I, I just, I spoke to him and I was like, I literally was at the gas digital Christmas party that year. And I was, and I was a little, and I was a little sauced, not going to lie. And I just literally, you know, I was like, you know what? Shoot, you know what? You got a half a buck of cranberry in you right now. You got, you got like some, you're chasing that with a scotch. Why not, like, why not just go all the way with it? Just shoot, just shoot your yeah. shot. So I just said to him, hey, uh, can I make a documentary about you? And he was like, yeah, sure. And I literally, we literally went from there. And like, I started, we, I started off getting uh, footage of a stand-up act of his in Long Island City, which felt like the logical first thing to yep. do. And that was great. And I, I have footage of that in full. And I'm going to ask him, I've been meaning to put that out for a while, and I'm going to ask him if he wants me to. So put a pin in that one for now. Stay which, tuned, I haven't, haven't said that. I haven't said that on a podcast in three fucking... Do you remember I used to say we'll put a pin in that? And it's like we never got back to it. <laughs> Only like one, two, three times out of five we'd ever usually go back to the fucking topic. God, uh, God. Good times. That was good times. <laughs> but yeah, and then I, I started from there and then fucking COVID hit. No, no, no. That, there was one thing I did before that. I had gotten the stand-up back and I thought to myself, you want this to be the biggest thing you've ever made. So what's the biggest thing I could do? And I thought to myself, huh, maybe I should talk to Lloyd Kaufman. And I was like, eh, maybe. And I know that he does stuff like that. So I asked Zach for Lloyd's email. Yeah. And he very graciously gave it to me. And I, if I could, I could even bring up the email that I wrote to him, if, you ha if you'll permit me, just a moment. Because I think I actually have that. I never deleted this. So I actually think, because <clears throat> you got to understand, like, this is, for those who don't know who Lloyd is, which, shame on you if you don't, Lloyd Kaufman is the uh, co-founder and, like, current president of Troma yep. Entertainment, Troma Films, 
they are the world's oldest independent movie company. And they've been basically making five cent movies for over 40 years. And very few people, Zach says this in the doc, very few people know how to make a movie for no money like Lloyd Kaufman does. He is a, he's also, also described as a senior psychopath. Imagine if Mel Brooks did a bunch of acid and there you, and also went to Yale and then you will have like, you will have, you will, you will have the cerebral concoction like jello shot that is Lloyd Kaufman. He's an absolutely wonderful human being. And I, yeah, here, I found it. Here's the, here's what I wrote to him. Uh, dear Mr. Dear Mr. Kaufman, my name is Benjamin Falvo. I'm a longtime trauma fan and was just in correspondence. And I was, and I was just in correspondence with uh, Zach Amico. I was wondering if you would have the time to possibly invest in my, in my little movie. And I basically said, I've done this, I've done that. If you have the time, thank you very much. And literally 15 minutes later, he gets back to me and he's like, I love it. He literally just, the shortest sentence, which is how I know he wrote it himself, because it was like a very old man email. Like, very like old man email. He was like, I love Zach. Two periods. Let's do it. I'll, I'll send you the contact for my assistant to set it up. So he sends me the uh, contact for his assistant, uh, Tom, who was a wonderful guy who helped me out with this. And I set up a date, missed the first date because <laughs> of shenanigans, set up a second date, made it there that time. And I got to go to Troma headquarters in Long Island City, which I now live in, which is fitting. And I'm in a story right on the border. And I walk and I get to go into Troma headquarters, Troma HQ, the belly of the beast. And eventually, I get there and I'm like, hey, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. And in comes Lloyd. He's wearing like his old man track suit that says Yale on it. He has like his New Balance shoes oh, on. Oh, man. He's just, he's, he's just randomly talking about like dates and like uh, commitments yeah. and other stuff. I introduce myself and he's like, okay, I'm going to go sit at my desk and let's go do the interview. And I was like, okay. And I was like, he's like, where do you, he, he let me direct him, which was, I legitimately thought to myself, how much direction am I going to have to yeah. do here? I had questions prepared. So I said, let's film me at your desk. And like, and he was just like, if you need anything, we have, we have tripods, we have, we have uh, microphones, we have everything you, you, you could use. You have a, we have a green screen if you want to use that. Very, they, were, they were opening the keys to the kingdom to me, essentially. I got to go around, I got to film the various props and like other things that were left on the floor from their newest, their then at the time, newest production, Shakespeare, hash, hashtag Shakespeare shitstorm. And, uh, and I got to sit, I got to stand there, and for at least 45 minutes, I got to, I wish I could have gone longer, honestly, but I didn't want to take up too much of the guy's time. I got to sit there and ask questions to a guy who I had been seeing, like, I'd been watching trauma movies since I was, like, 14, yeah. so. And I, I finally got to legitimately stand there in Troma HQ and take a victory photo with legitimately one of my heroes, yeah. which was... And I got to put over another person of mine who's gone on to become a very good friend of mine. I got to put over Zach. And I can definitively say that the trauma section in that documentary is probably the, my favorite part of that yeah. whole thing. Like, that's the part I really worked on, wanted to get right, like, really put the full kitchen, put everything but the kitchen sink yeah. into it. That's amazing, though. And again, it's like, it's like, it's like I spoke about earlier, like, those opportunities that, Again, the worst thing they could say is no. And legit how it started, it's like, go up to Zach. 
hey, can I do this? Sure. And yep. the spiral went from there. And again, it created an amazing opportunity. You got to speak to Lloyd Kaufman. Not only speaking to him, but get to do it at Trauma itself. Go into the Trauma studio. And it's like, who would have thought? And again, it's amazing opportunities that you never know unless you take the jump. And it's amazing. You got to take it's all it is, Miles. It's a leap of faith. Hey, it really is. But again, man, that's how all this has been. And again, again, the creator's curse. It's like either you take that jump or you never know. It's a what if. So the uh, the part of that documentary that was <laughs> the most uh, in our neck of the woods, of course, was the um, was the I would uh, my favorite title card. I say the trauma sequence is my favorite, and it is. But the second place to that would definitely have to be the segment that I call Bloodstained Freaks aka the time Zach Amico and Jeff Cannonball traumatized the children oh my god that show oh my god that show so here's the thing uh, there are certain things that me and Ray have kind of been sworn to a, an oath of silence to never say publicly and for good reason because uh that the show that that happened on ready or not for reasons that i can't say publicly were uh rather strenuous just a lot of a lot of unfortunately timed injuries a lot of unfortunate just behaviors just a lot of unpleasantness but one of the bigger one of the bigger uh moments out of that show was a now infamous death match between uh zach amico and the Deathmatch Vegan and uh, short-form soda critic, uh, Jeff Cannonball. And um, needless to say, um, putting on a Deathmatch <laughs> at 2 in the afternoon in front of a general audience of mainly families is a recipe for the most <laughs> anus-clenching experience I have ever had in my life. This is as close as I'm going to come to shooting on this thing. If you, There are a few glimpses of me in the background during that whole thing during that whole thing and uh, sorry I got a notification there did you just see me having a visible panic attack in the background because I'm like oh when that fucking fork comes out and when the light tubes come out and that thing officially goes to the moon that is when I was like, oh my god, this was, oh, this is the wrong time of day to be having it, because there are children, like, who, whose mothers are, like, covering their eyes right now. I'm pretty sure some families have to refunds. That is, and, but it was, but it's still, taking that out of it, it was still one of the proudest moments of Zach's career, and it was still one of the craziest fucking things I'd ever been party to. Might I add, by the way, we did that shit 20, not even 24 hours after Blackcraft Wrestling No Apologies. So while they were slitting throats like miles away in New York, like a few miles away in New York City, we, no, in Jersey City of all, even even Yeah, they were in Jersey, yeah, because I was at White Eagle. They were in Jersey City, they were White Eagle Hall for that. Like right up the road the next morning, like we were having a V, like a 350 plus pound vegan, deathmatch vegan. And the and a, and a trauma film comedian, like bash each other over the head with light tubes and staple guns in front of families. Here's the thing: even when even when like we as a company, Capital Wrestling, even when our stuff like 
we threw stuff at the wall and it didn't stick or something would go wrong. Nobody went to the moon and back like us. You can hate us, but we did shit differently. And I will oh, and I will defend that shit to my grave. Yep. And that, again, that was, that was a week. Because that also happened to be WrestleMania week and just, oh, that was a God. week. I'll say this. That was a week. It was cool. Some crazy moments, some stories we can talk about off air. But, um, yeah. Had some some crazy shit that happened that week. At so, so much, so much to talk about, and so much we, we, we can't, can't talk, talk about. about. Yeah, uh, best thing I could say, Aussie Open was cool. <laughs> Aussie Open was a really nice guy. But speaking, let's let's get back oh, to this we're, again. Oh, we're gonna get so much. We're gonna get so much heat for even talking about. Hey, we didn't say anything we weren't supposed to. We 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 worked around it. That's the best thing about podcasting. It's like. You'll get a story you know out the, there uh, without that, getting a story the, out there. You know that you know that the brass at headquarters. <laughs> Love, uh, you you know you are. Love you both. But let's okay. Yeah. Speaking of this, we have to get to again the meat and potatoes of this week because especially like I said, it's hashtag Callous Week week here on the podcast. As we promote this Friday, it is going to be thirty nine Erie Street, Jersey City. Hashtag steal this show. show. So there we go. Got the graphic up there. Now it's time to let's talk a little bit about the show. Let's talk about what to expect and everything show. like that. So first up, I'm going to put up the graphic here so they can see. And then let us talk about this match coming up because it's, it's interesting. It's a team that if you're in the tri-state area, you've heard about them, you've seen them. Multiple-time independent tag team champions. The rep with a NYC legend, Julius Smokes, taking on Heat. So you got yeah. a, uh, I don't want to say a mismatch, because again, you got a legend in Black G's, who I guess is taking under his wing here, Griffin McCoy. Got yes, the guy that I feel like, sadly, has been like a, a dark horse, in a sense, with Young, Dumb, and Broke. Usually you see the front runners there with Jordan. You see um, Alice Taylor. But Griff's a, a very talented individual. So, so I feel like you're hearing rare when you have someone like Black G's taking Griff under his wing. It's like, that's about to be an interesting combination right there. And when you're under the tutelage of someone like G's and you're going against now a team like The Rep, you can only imagine what is G's telling this kid before Friday? It's... It's a, it's, there's, you have two sides of mentorship here. You have Black G's, who is a, he's a legend in his own right, taking this, this young boy under yeah. his wing and says, you're great, but I can make you greater. Yeah. And on the other side of the fence, you have the rep, who also have a mentor figure in Julius yep. Smokes, who's been, do, who's, been, who's been in this game for a very long time. And uh, as you'll see soon, and something else that I'm working on, which I'm sure we'll close yep, out that's on. That's definitely uh, going to be later on. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Right. <laughs> foreshadowing. But uh, but you also have the rep and Julius and J Train. But it's very much it's much more like a democracy over in the rep. It's very much they're all yeah. equals. So you have one you have one uh, you have one veteran working with two up and comers, where it's very much more of a democracy. And then you have one that's very much more like a mentor-mentee type relationship. So it'll be very interesting to see if trust and experience will defeat mentorship and guidance, no. it, which will reign supreme in that match. No, definitely. I feel like that's, that's the, best, the best pairing right there. 
just to see, because again, Griffin's already, he's hungry as it is. But when you have someone like Black G's in your ear, that's like, hey, I'm going to make sure you get to that level. It's like, it's a, it's a lose-lose situation. He can't lose. So, again, guys, you're going to want to see that matchup this Friday. Like I said, Jersey City. But from one banger to another, let's talk about this one. One of my favorite divisions here at Capital, at Catalyst. Sorry, geez. I'm going to get taken already for that. The Freestyle Division, the Freestyle Championship, as you have champion Ghost Shadow defending against Hotfire Myron Reed. This one could potentially, I'm going to say this for a bunch of matches on the show, but this is definitely one that could very much steal the show because Ghost Shadow has held that freestyle medallion, has held two versions of that medallion, might I add, and he has held it loudly and proudly going unpinned and unsubmitted since he won that title in his debut match back back in Nashville back in 2019. He has held that title for more for for as longer than anyone has in the company that I want to say, and it's been he has successfully defended that title against the likes of Jason Kincaid, against um, against uh, Facade, against the likes of um, Ophidian even against another veteran Ophidian, of the game, yeah, another another veteran of the game against the likes of. Um, of uh, Black Zemis, uh, very uh, not it wasn't a title defense, but very recently he defended again. He had a match in the Side Out Championship Tournament against in the in the Side Out twenty thousand dollar tournament against Steve Gipke, which was a very interesting clash of styles, and that just showed just how adaptable that guy yeah. is. And he recently had a very interesting ma- a very interesting matchup with with the up with no, all gas no breaks Braden Lee, where instead of hitting him with every flippy move in the book. He took him down. He like he worked at his mm-hmm. leg. He he was was more ground based. He he took he understood that the ultimate weapon in Braden's arsenal was his aerial agility, and he took those two things away from him. And that's how he got the W in that match. And that's the thing I think with Ghost. Like even when I spoke to Mac on the podcast, like Ghost Shadow, especially even back in the day, was someone you wanted to see just because he was that all around athlete. He was the original no pun intended to Anthony Bowens, but a five-tool player. Like, he knew, okay, I can work you on the mat, I can outfly you, I can outmove you, and when he's in there, he adapts depending on who is who's in there. Again, like we mentioned, he wrestled Ophidian. Ophidian's someone that's going to try to do that technical style, try to outpace you. Ghost Shadow's able to do that. When you're facing someone on Friday like Myron Reed, who, again, who's that new age almost cruiserweight style in a sense. I don't I don't know if Ghost is going to be able to outpace him there. So he might have to pull out those technical offense again. But again, Friday we'll have to have to wait and see. Definitely I'm looking forward to because again, you got, you got a freestyle championship and what that that those matches bring out of any competitor in there. But from that this one this one ain't, ain't going to be for the lighthearted cuz you have a fight coming up next with the big bad kaiju himself, O'Shea Edwards, taking on Colossal Mike Law. The Colossal One, Mike Law, this is his chance for what I would refer to as redemption. Yeah. 
uh, for as talented and for as successful as Mike Law has been in the past, not just on the indies, but in Capital and Catalyst Wrestling, uh, he has hit a bit of a sl- a bit of a slum recently, yeah. a bit of a lull in his uh, in his track. In a, he's hit a bit of a losing streak in Catalyst for the, ever since losing the Sapphire Television title many moons ago. It very much seems like he's come up short against the like of Monst- against the likes of Monster Mac, Ghost Shadow, uh, him and back during our back during back in the or in the before times, he him and Killian McMurphy came up short against the dare against the Carter Group in their in their debut match. He came up short in the side out championship in the side out twenty thousand dollar tournament in the first round against Steve Gippy, and he showed Gippy respect after the match. But you can tell that this has been eating Mike alive. Yeah, yeah. For a considerable amount of time, he recently just came up short again to Black G's very recently on Catalyst TV. So he seems to be going, it's very much that prison mentality. He wants to go up to the biggest motherfucker in the yard, punch him in the mouth, and he's going to he's gonna knock him out. He's going to deck him, and he's like, the next shot you throw had better fucking kill me because what do I have to lose at this yeah. point? So, I, so there's no denying that O'Shea Edwards, he is the big bad kaiju for a reason. He is he is one of the most legitimate big, big men working on the indies right now, and he they, when you there is a guy who steps into the ring, it's like this is not going to be a laughing matter. This is not going to be a comedy match. This is not going to be a wrestling match. This is going to be a goddamn fight. This man is going to pick you up. He's gonna dump you on your head. He's gonna he's gonna fucking deck you. He's gonna stack your corpse in the corner. He's gonna stomp you to death. He's gonna pin you. <laughs> He's going to get paid to do this. So as much as I love the Colossal one, this is not going to be an easy match. And uh, I, I would definitely suggest that rows one through two are going to be splash zones. Yeah. That. And it's it's something that um, when I had Mike Law on the podcast, he spoke about like he's hungry. He has that hunger in him. And it's like when you see that again, Mike's no sta- no stranger to the game. Mike Law is someone that has his tenure has his knowledge about the business, has been around longer than both you and me combined. And it's like, when you go into a match like this, you gotta think, Mike knows he has to do his, his, um, his reps, he has to do his cardio, he has to do everything. Because when you're going against someone like the Big Bat Kaiju, you gotta try to fucking hit him with everything you got. Like, O'Shea Edwards is no slouch. The dude is a beast. Is a reason why... He's on Ring of Honor right now, as we're speaking. <laughs> like, this dude is insane. Like, again, guys, this is a matchup. Should, should be interesting to see. I, I, I know Ben. Um, but my biggest thing with this matchup when we're going into it is, again, who needs to win more? Because, again, we spoke about Mike Law's hungry. Mike Law needs this. But also, O'Shea... He's a part of that Carter group. O'Shea is trying to also make his mark and continue their dominance. As we'll speak about later on with Darius Carter, they're, they're leaving their imprints on Catalyst Wrestling by any means necessary. So let's see. Let's see what is going to happen as we step in this Friday to Jersey City. But as Benny gets back, I'm going to introduce the next matchup we're going to be talking about here. And it is going to be a hashtag 
Hoss fight as it's the best of five series continued match number four. It is sponsored by Downtown Sports. There you go, guys. Sponsorships. If you want to sponsor, hit up Catalyst Wrestling. Again, you're here in the card here. We're going to be talking about a few more matches. Hit them up. Again, great athletes, great content. And also, you're getting your brand around the world there with their amazing stuff being put on the likes of YouTube, Fight TV, and so much more. But we have to talk about Devontas and Matt Makowski. Guys, that last matchup we talked about with O'Shea, we said that was going to be a fight. We said that was going to be a brawl. This, I I don't know what to say. It's a Haas fight. It's going to be a very mixed style as you have two guys that are definitely no problem. Had to have an impromptu roommate meeting with my with my very nice No problem, friend. no problem. We moved on to the best of five. We're talking about Devontae's and Mikowski here. And it's... I'm trying to explain just what to expect when you're going into a Haas fight mixed with so much more. Because you have the technical aspect, you have the powerhouse aspect. You have a lot thrown in there in this best of five coming this Friday. This is... Again, this is the penultimate, the potentially penultimate round of this yeah. thing, or it could be the final round of this thing. This has been a brutal war between a legitimate fighter and a legitimate monster. And you have you have in one corner you have Matt Mikowski, a legitimate grappler, a legitimate shooter, a legitimate destroyer. And in his last match, he lived up to his moniker of being Weapon X because he knocked out. He didn't pin. He didn't submit. He didn't take a DQ. He knocked out Devontes, nope. left him laying in the middle of the ring. This three, this nearly 300-pound beast of a man, he left him laying in the ring. And this is after, after during this best of five, he has been he's fallen to the multi-man advantage multiple times. The trickery of Zach Amico had the, when you have the Jersey Devil Deacon in your corner you know for a fact that this is not going to be a fair fight because you're not just facing Devontes, you're potentially facing the the metal, you're potentially facing Big big Bruno, you're potentially facing Elijah Proctor, Elijah Cutshaw. You might even have to potentially fight goddamn Lucas if you have hey, to. Hey, you can't forget about Ray's, that big man Sam there. It's like, you, you got to have, have eyes in the back of your head. It's already that you're in a situation of, you're in this best of five. You're starting to get that wind of like, Okay, I gotta get through this. But also, you have a whole damn just, I don't even know what to call them. Because it's not just any other faction. It's a just insane group right there. Of just monsters in a sense. So it's... It's the circus. It's Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Madness. That's what the Hudson County Horror Show is. So it very could... I guarantee you... When you wound an animal, it gets angry. Yeah. If you don't kill it, it's going to come back for you. He did not kill Devantes. He pissed him off. He left him laying in a ring. And he, do you know what it must be like to be woken up with a splash of cold water by, by, by intern Lucas? That's the first thing you see after staring up at the lights. That cannot do much for someone's self-esteem, let alone their anger problems. So I would, if I was Matt Mikowski, I would come not ready for a fight, but for the last 15 minutes of a slasher movie, because that's going to be 
That's not going to be a fight. That's going to be uh, that's going to be carnage. No, no. there you go, guys. Again, but from that, let's move on to a little more of a. This one's a little bit of a lighter affair, as we have Braden Lee coming back to Callus Wrestling, taking on a former freestyle champion, a former television champion, as you have truly blessed KC Navarro. Now this one, again, if you like that fast-paced style, if you like to see some flight, this one's for you. As you have Braden Lee and KC Navarro going at it. And KC, I gotta talk about just the growth of that man. Like, again, from KC being legit a kid when we started watching him, to now truly shining and being just paving his way now. Like, it's insane to see. It truly is. So, it is. Like, when. You're looking at two guys right now who have very much, very much paralleled each other recently, or at least to a certain point. Two guys, prime of their lives, cut like Olympians, like agile, like, and each of them with a starry look in their yep. eye, trying to grab that next rung, that next, that get that next notch, get that proverbial brass ring, so to speak. And this is, to my knowledge, the first time that these guys have faced yep. off in the squared circle. And these are two guys who usually end up being one of the things that people end up talking about when they go home. Even if they don't close out the show, you will not forget a Casey Navarro match, and you will not forget a Braden Lee match. And both guys have a lot to prove coming out of this one, because this could be the one that very much determines the rest of their 2021 and what's going into 2022 because bear in mind Casey Navarro has been he's coming off of two losses back to back maybe even he's coming off to two championship failures he lost his Sapphire Television Championship that he had defended all across side out he lost it to the Jersey Muscle Jock Steve Gipke and very recently he tried to go for that grand slam he tried to go to he tried to defeat uh, the. He tried to defeat Colby Carino for his Catalyst Wrestling Championship, and he also came up short. So you've got to think that he doesn't see. For someone who's been going after champions recently, I guarantee you he sees Braden less as an opponent and more as a nuisance, more of a road bump on his way back to championship gold. Meanwhile, you have Braden, ever humble, ever respectful, even if someone doesn't like him. He probably sees this as one of the biggest matches of his careers just because of how much he respects Casey's yeah. ability. And I, I put that a lot more of that down to like Casey and just this way he's trying to present himself like Conor McGregor and that he's his shit don't stink and he thinks he's better than everybody else, that he's truly blessed. He's showing up in his like chicken and waffle sneakers in his in his Lambo, but this is this is still a guy who has to get in the ring and perform. And there's very few people who do it better than Casey Navarro right now, and there's very few people who do it better than Brayden Lee. In his recent matches with Ghost Shadow, uh, Jordan Oliver, uh, Griffin McCoy, he has impressed across the board every single time. And this is going to be his first time performing in front of the Catalyst Faithful, not just on Side Down, not just at other, uh, other offshore areas. This is going to be his first time performing in front of a crowd for this company. So it's going to be very interesting how the audience take to him live. I definitely will. And I feel like, again... This is the matchup, like I said. If anything is selling you on this, guys, 
It has to be this. This is going to be a. This is the one you are get. Tell a friend. Tell two friends. Bring, bring your phone. Bring your camera. Bring your, bring your like CVS camera. Whatever you got, fucking on you. Bring your fucking, bring your fucking BlackBerry phone oh, if you geez. have to. I don't care. Do whatever you got. Send a signal fire. This is the one you want to be in the yeah. building for because when you're seeing, because when, because when Saturday morning rolls around and there's like eight gifts of the spectacular moon man bullshit that these two are about to do, you are, you're going to kick yourself in the ass that you didn't get your ass out to Jersey City and see yep. this one. This is going to be, again, a highlight reel of a match, guys. But from there, let's keep it going because we have to talk about some gold. We have to talk about the tag, excuse me, tag team championships on the line as hot boys, I guess it like that. International defending the Catalyst Tag Team Championships against a more recent duo to Infinity and the Pond. T.I.M. teaming up with Rob Killjoy here on Friday. I can't wait. When you have For this, this one is going to be insane. This one is very special because very recently there's a lot of history go. There's a lot of there's a lot of levels going yep. into this. Hot Boys International have held those titles successfully since they won them two almost two years ago now in in Brooklyn, New York. Yep. They won those titles successfully from the rep. They carried them from the old guard into the new. They got shiny new yep. belts and they have held them successfully since that time. And very recently they just took on the duo of Timmy Lou Retton and and Rob Killjoy. And it was one of the very few times that the rep, that my apologies, that Hot Boys International have taken the easy way out and have taken the DQ win over another team. So you have to wonder, like, how big of a threat do the Hot Boys perceive inf to Infinity and the to Infinity upon to be? And you look at what that tag team has spawned out of because the ugly ducklings that we've all known and loved over the years, as of right now. Is not the is not being presented as the trio that we are all yep. used to. As we all, uh, Coach Mikey has stepped away f full time from the wrestling business to live his life and be safe. And I fully respect that decision. And c coming back for very rare, very for infrequent appearances, mostly in his neck of the woods. And of course, you have Lance Lude, who is dealing with his real life yep. health issues, which is on very unfortunate. And if you go send him support, because that man has been a wonderful human being to me, Ray, and a lot of other people. And so that leaves behind Rob Kiljoy, who in my opinion, who has been one of the most consistently entertaining people on the indies for years. And this guy is so unappreciated and so underrated. And you pair him with somebody like Timmy, who is just a is just a ball of fire in that ring. And one of the one of those few people who's genuinely like you see the state of him now compared to three or four years ago, just how he's changed his body, how he's really invigorated himself, how he's rebranded with this new infinite gimmick, how he's really just embraced himself. And like him and uh, Rob together, I think is a, a winning combination. Yep. And so I genuinely think if there is a team who can finally get those golden belts off of the hot boys, it might just be them. But yeah, keep in mind, this has been, this has been a very successful hot boy summer for all of these guys. And so I know that they don't want to and go into into the into the fall, into the winter season without those belts. 
So I, this is going to be, I guarantee you, they're going to pull out every trick in the book, especially if they have that, if they have that rapscallion, Bobby Orlando in their corner. Bobby. Um, Bobby. No, definitely. And again, you have, we have to put that out there. Rob Kiljoy, a tag team specialist. It's not his first go around in that tag team scenario. You have TIM, who again, like you mentioned, he's went through this evolution from that former uh, gymnasty boy into the infinite now. And I feel, I feel like, again, with that evolution, better and more, more noble, and pairing him and Rob Kiljoy, again, this might be the winning pair. But again, who knows what Hot Boys are going to do who knows what pairing of hot boys we'll see? Because who knows? We could get Bobby Jr. in there on Friday. They might throw a monkey wrench Bobby. in there. So you never know. You never know. You never know. Bobby, Bobby Jr. is the one that calls the shots. He really is the Tony Soprano of the whole hot boys organization. He's, he's that Michael P.S. Hayes, man. He's going he's gonna to free bird them in. I do. Dude. Well, let's keep it going here. As we have some ladies action happening this Friday. As we have... Valentina Vasquez taking on Kaya McKenna or Kaya McKenna. I I I feel like I butchered that name. I'm so sorry. Um, I'll pay for that later. But you have again great women's action. I feel like you can't have a show like this without giving some ladies attention as well. And this should be great. Valentina's actual oh, in-ring debut here for Callis. We've seen what she's done. As far as with Anthony Yang being that, like, sinister voice in his ear. Like, it's brought a different side of Anthony Gangone. And I feel like we might see that on Friday in her ring style. When you when you wanna when you wanna cause chaos, you gotta and you wanna like <laughs> stir shit up, you gotta look to your gotta look to your closest <laughs> allies, and Anthony Gangone found the baddest bitch on the block. And she is about to. She's gonna. She's about to prove to the Catalyst roster that this that she can that she truly can live up to that moniker. Yep. And you have McKenna, who I will be fully transparent and say that I've actually never seen before. But judging by her appearance, a rather Wicca exterior, yep. this is again another woman who probably deals, who very much dives into the more ethereal side of the game. Yeah, it's, the more it, it, this one's going to be, again, if you're not that lighthearted, uh, stay away from this one. This is going to be very this is, spooky. This is going uh, to be a little spooky one. But, like, you have the last, the first, last, one of the last times I saw Valentina uh, mix it up was in a no-ring match in an art gallery, which was a very... Uh, which is a crazy fucking time, and you can check that out on her YouTube. Yep. But yeah, this is one. This is this is one you're gonna want to watch. The triumphant return of women's wrestling to Catalyst Wrestling after a long hiatus, and we're it's definitely we're glad to have it like back yep. in our back in the hollowed halls of Catalyst Wrestling. We're looking to our women's division. I have no doubt is going to be like one of the biggest and one of the best going forward in, in, yep. in time. Can't to come. wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. It's definitely gonna change the game there. But we have to talk about this one. Because, again, we've made this comment about every single match. But when we're talking about this next one, this truly can st possibly steal this show. As it is for the Sapphire TV Championship, you have another bona fide legend. 26 years in the game. The notorious 187 Homicide 
going head-to-head with KTB, going head-to-head with Steve Gipke. If I'm Steve Gipke, I better hold on to that belt tight. Jeez. You have two people coming for you on that show. You have not only KTB, who's one of the most ruthless men in the game, no. who is literally a beast, but you have a legend of this game, someone who is beloved in and out of the ring by the fans, by his constituents, a man who has given back to this business time and time again, who has been away from Catalyst for quite some time no. now. Ever since he suffered a loss to Black G's, Homicide really hasn't been seen, especially after he lost the Catalyst title many moons ago so you'll have to wonder this is the first time he will be back in a ring for catalyst in some time and i'm curious will there be any like ring rust on the notorious 187 as far as catalyst is concerned i i don't know if you can really say ring rust for a guy like homicide <laughs> it's a guy that again he's wrestled longer than we both have been alive have been alive like and that's yeah. not a slight to him it's legit just how great he is and again it's a guy I've been lucky to be mentored by. I've learned so much from Homicide. And both of these guys walk, walking into this match. KTB, actually, he, he's got to see what Homicide's about. And if it's a Jersey All-Pro ring, if it's a GCW ring. So KTB knows this ain't a joke going on to Friday. It's one thing. You have Homicide in there. But also, that Sapphire TV Championship. Again, this is meant... This has been... Almost a workhorse championship at Catalyst. And you have three guys in there that are workhorses. Homicide, again, 26 years in the game. The dude has wrestled icons like Kojima. Like, it's it's insane. You got Steve Gipke, a young gun in this game, but the dude has worked for that championship. He went through everything he could. He went through hell to get that championship. That man spent... An entire count. He comes up short in Brooklyn. He scratches and claws his way through the side-out the side out tournament. Gets the wind knocked out of him. Gets his leg taken out. Muscles through. Wins $20,000. And then successfully makes Casey Navarro say the words, I quit. <laughs> Finally wins that championship. Takes the fight to Wrecking Ball Ligurski rather recently. And fresh off of that, he now has to prepare for two different opponents. And I know that this is a cliched thing to say whenever you're talking about a triple threat match. Steve Gipke does not even need to be involved in the decision of this match to lose his championship. If KTB gets the fall on Homicide on the 17th, Gipke could walk out without his title that night, and he doesn't even have to be involved. And that's, you gotta hate, like, it's, it's the worst thing for a champion. Like, you're going into this like, oh, okay, boom, I can take, my, I can take the day off. It's a three-way. But you have to be more vigilant than ever. Because, <laughs> again, that one fall, Homicide could pin KTB. That's it. Like, exactly. again, you have to look at that. But, again, all three of these guys are going to be gunning for that championship, fighting. And, I, again, that hell that Steve Gipke went through, I don't think he's going, he's going out Friday without that championship. No way, no. That he's walking out without that championship. But, again, I might be a little biased and say, let's see, maybe Homicide pulls off a win. But... We'll see what happens Friday. But Most definitely it is well. time now. It's, it's the, the creme de la creme here. These two have been just gunning for each other. These two, 
You've seen memes all over this week on Catalyst Wrestling about this matchup. It is for the Catalyst Championship. You have the All-Father himself, Darius Carter, challenging the last bastion he is, Colby Carino. This is very rarely do I use the word, like, momentous. But this is a rather momentous matchup because, again, to my knowledge, this will be the first time that these two have faced off, at least in this stage of their careers. Yeah. Which is weird just because of the because style. Yeah. these two would have crossed paths at one point yeah. or another, but very surprisingly, no. This is one, very rarely do matches very much, championship matches feel big like they're supposed to, but this feels like a legitimate yeah. championship yeah. match between a man who has... Love him or hate him has been consistent in the company since he arrived many years ago and went unpinned for a significant amount of time, went unsubmitted for a significant amount of time, who is who still has. And as for the entire year, has yet to suffer one pinfall loss within this calendar year. Darius Carter, as much as he will make you Darius Carter for as much as he will like makes people revile him is consistently one of the best technicians, one of the best old school grapplers in the game. Very much, very much Carl Gotch inspired. He's an old school wrestler from the trunks to the minimalist outfit to the mask. This is a man who lives and breathes excess, who lives and breathes uh, the finer things in life. But this is a man who is also one of the most technically proficient people in the game right now, and he's one of those very rare heels who actually make, succeeds at getting under your skin. Yeah. And this is a guy, despite having done many immeasurably successful things in this company, has never had, let alone a Catalyst Championship match, has never had a championship opportunity, period, in this yeah. company. I, I saw what Zerus is tweeting, and it's like, it's one thing to be gunning for a championship. It's another to be just prived away from it for so long. Yeah. And again, like you mentioned, it's been years. It's close to almost four years now that Darius has been around in Catalyst Wrestling or some form of it. And you got to think that's just, again, that's he's already has a fire lit under because that's just how he is no matter what match. It's another to add fuel to it doing this and again Colby Carino I he has his work cut out for him he's already going he through again he just had what was an insane matchup with his own father a few weeks ago yeah and now he's going into this it's like how do you prepare on the other side <laughs> on the other side of the ring you do have Colby Carino who in a lot of ways very similar to Darius, very uh, much more slick, much more modern, much more flashy, but still comes from an old school mentality of I'm going to let my work speak for itself. I'm going to go in the ring. I'm going to do my I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to take whoever I'm working to a great match and I'm going to leave victorious because I am good at what yep. I do. He I we referred to him in passing in Catalyst as Catalyst Wrestling's 
indispensable man. And that is very much the truth because whether it be on the island of Sydow, in Brooklyn, in a warehouse, in he, he went and defended the Catalyst Wrestling Championship at GCW's All Night Long event. <coughs> and this is a guy who has consistently day in and day out represented the company to the best of his ability and has made the Catalyst title really mean something. He's taken defeated the likes of Homicide, Black G's, Jordan Oliver, Casey Navarro. And, but now you have, but again, the, the contrast begins with these are two men of very different upbringing. You have one who was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, and you have another who has had to work, has had, has worked through some very tough times in his life, who has a legacy to live up to as a father who is synonymous with this game, and who's trying to strike out on his own and establish his own mark on the mm -hmm. business. And so he's worked very hard to build something, and it's very clear to me that Darius is very hell-bent on taking that away from him. So again, you have two, two parallel lines, in a sense, with how they're trying to get to their destinations, but just some crazy motives going into it. But again, guys, this is one... We have to throw the pun in there again. That could possibly steal the show. And possibly won't this close is, it out and just, again... If, it's it's insane. If you want to capture, and with no disrespect to NWA power and everything they're doing over there, if you really want to feel like you are in the audience for an old school NWA championship match, like I'm talking, uh, like yeah, I'm talking like the old school days, like Dusty and Flair, or even maybe Bru maybe Bruiser Brody and Ric Flair or like Harley Race or any of the names therein, yeah. if you want to feel like you are back at a classic NWA show for a professional wrestling match, you are that you cannot do much better than this. And this is going to be a must-see matchup. And if you, if, I encourage you to see it live, but it will be put out on Catalyst Television, and it is going to be a must-see match. So this is one you cannot definitely, miss. Definitely, definitely. And again, guys, if we haven't sold you this show, I don't know what will. There's definitely a lot more content we'll put out this week by Callis that definitely will sell the show for you, telling you about Steal This Show. But before we start wrapping this up, we do have to talk about one more project of yours. We alluded to it earlier when we spoke about the first match for this Friday. We got to talk about a future documentary in the works. Let's talk about it here. Showing the graphic that we got to talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. As we're talking J Train himself. The Julius Smoke story. How the hell did you come up with this one? How'd you get J Train to get in front of a camera like this? I. This one has been an adventure for me because this is one, with full disclosure, I have been struggling with this one for a while because, like, to condense down Julius Smokes to less than 45 minutes, in my opinion, is a Herculean task because that man. And I mean this in the best possible way. He is a motormouth human being. He will go and go and go, and you don't know where the person starts and the and the and the gospel begins. Yeah. Because that is a man who has been has been everywhere, done everything, who has seen a lot, has lived a life, and still has a lot more life to live. This is a man who, even at this stage of his life, is still busting out drop kicks and top rope moves. This is a guy who still brings it every single time be it on his own, be it in Catalyst, be it anywhere else. 
And I was thinking to myself, wow, this is a guy who really is this great cult figure within New York professional wrestling. And I thought to myself, wow, what did, wh this is a guy who I could just really put this dude in front of a camera for 45 minutes, hit go, and that could be a thing. And so I will, this is one that I am fully admitting it's going to be a documentary. This is going to be like, this is going to be 45% documentary, 55% shoot interview, because this is a guy who I'd say with Julius Smoke's structure kind of goes out the window a little bit. You just gotta, you just, I hit go. We went to his apartment. He uh, fixed me some refreshments. If you catch my uh, Tokyo Drift on that one. And I vibed with that man for an entire night, and we spoke about everything. Jersey All-Pro, Ring of Honor, Ghost Shadow, Homicide, Buddha Head Records, wow. every cannabis. We talk about weed. for like, There is a sequence in this movie at the halfway point where I let this man talk about weed for like five minutes, and it is some of the best shit you will ever see. Oh, my God. That's right there. I don't even want to see the doc. I want to see what you're going to leave, sadly, on the fucking... Yeah, because it's like, there's, there's going to be at least been, hours worth of content there. That really is the thing. I had originally planned to have this out during the yeah. summer. And in addition to like several real world things I needed to deal with, working on this movie has just been a challenge because I'm like, what the fuck do I cut? I yeah. want to keep this all in here. This is Which a, also, we're in a pandemic. So it's like, it's still also like, shit. <laughs> You're dealing yeah, with a lot so more stuff than just like the content aspect of it. It's also like, Hey, I'm trying not to die. <laughs> so let me let me work on that first, and then we'll we'll get to editing. Like, so. also, exactly. shout out to Conrad in the chat. How's it going, brother? But that I, again, how do you, so right now as we speak, where are you with this documentary? Like, I am. I am in the final <laughs> stages with it. I am ultimately. I have a rough cut ready to yeah. go. It just needs a lot of finesse. It needs a lot of polish. Yeah. It's really, it just comes down to me sitting down like for an extended period of time, really going through it with a fine tooth comb and thinking, okay, I can lose 10 seconds here. I can lose 10 seconds here. Let's, let's see how best I could structure this in a way that I can get this incredible man's personality <laughs> across. But still... Like you have something that doesn't go as I don't want this thing to be an hour this time. I want this thing to be at least forty five minutes. Which, oh my god, that's I can only imagine. That's the worst because it's like with this. I always said my goal was let me make sure every episode's an hour. I have not hit yeah. that goal once yet. <laughs> I've gone hour five, hour ten. This has gone an hour and a half. You're having to edit something like that. That's like, you already have abundance of content right there. To get it down to 45 minutes, not even an hour, it's like, that's, jeez. <laughs> it's, it's a challenge. No. It's a real challenge. Like, with everything going on in my life right now, because I'm, I'm starting to, I, I left my job at Rite Aid. Finally, after five years, and I've joined on with another part-time gig. I'm back at Gas Digital. No. I'm working on my content. I said it to start it, and I'll bring it full circle, and I'll say it again. I am the busiest I've ever been, and I have, I've never been more stressed, but I've never been more fulfilled creatively. No. I'm writing. I'm editing. I'm designing. I'm designing T-shirts. I'm writing articles and listicles. I'm working on my own content. I am the closest I've ever been to achieving what I've been wanting to do for years, 
And there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be painful moments. But you just got to keep rolling through it. No one to no one to take distance. No one to play it safe, and no one when no one to take a yep. risk. There's just a lot of stuff like going on that can get in the way. But you just have to push through that and find the people in your life who will support you, the people in your life who will give you guidance, and the people in your life who are willing to take those those calculated risks with no, you. No, exactly. And again, that's biggest thing like, with this, definitely you gotta push yourself first. Biggest thing, definitely if anyone's taking anything from this, take that leap, but then also find those that are willing to support you with that leap. Because that's gonna be the biggest thing when exactly. getting through all this is finding who's gonna be there to help you get through these support moments. And also knowing when, okay, I'm doing this, but I also have to take that break. Because that's the biggest thing I feel like, especially when doing content, it's like we push ourselves to the point of being burnt out that you're like, what do I do now? You gotta know when to take that break, relax, know that, hey, the content will be there. You gotta focus on yourself as well. The biggest thing with all this. Precisely. Definitely. But thank you for having me on, No, sir. definitely, brother. I gotta say, say again, thank you so much for coming through. Love you, man, for, for talking, again, the amazing stuff that you're doing, talking Catalyst Wrestling. Again, guys, this Friday, if we haven't sold you enough, I don't know what will. Maybe it's... Hashtag steal this show. Don't yep. miss it. And I'm not just saying that because Matthew Ryan and, and Ash Daniels have threatened me with a cattle prod if I don't. Come see this show and... Help us out no, with that. There's gonna definitely, be guys. But also, don't forget, tomorrow, 7 p.m., got to put the graphic right there. I will be live right here, same channels, same same frame right here, with Matthew Ryan himself. We'll be talking Catalyst. We'll be catching up because it's been a minute since I've gotten to speak into the man right there. So let's see what he says because it's going to be an insane conversation because I get to get into the mindset a little bit of – Someone that's been a mentor to both of us. So that's going to be fun. But again, guys, don't forget, all the links will be in the description you to gotta, go support. Have fun, deciphering, have fun deciphering that man's carny moon man language. <laughs> oh, geez, that's going uh, to be a time. Also, guys, don't forget, if you want to follow me, you can do so. Twitch.tv forward slash On YouTube, on the Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I still have it. haven't posted, but we'll get something out there eventually. Ray underscore Mundo. Also, just because I got to plug it as well. Because, hey, it's there. It's amazing. Go buy the merch. Whatamaneuver.com. Ray underscore Mundo. Get, get, go get that Law of Gaming t-shirt. Also, before we go, hit up this man for merch, guys. This dude creates some amazing designs. I'm a part of Whatamaneuver over there on that site. And there's a bunch of designs that this guy has created that are if, amazing. If you see it. If you've seen, uh, if you've seen Yoke's bo bodega, that's, that's another. That's it's a, that's amazing a design one. right there. A lot of designs for the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Vincent oh. Young. So definitely check those out. Uh, check out my YouTube, uh, you, uh, Benjamin Falbo. I'm there. You want to find me on Twitter? Don't know why you'd want to. I really just post about uh, Lucifer and uh, cartoons and other random wrestling bullshit. But uh, if you uh, if you want to follow me for that kind of stuff, uh, at Falbo underscore Benjamin. That is. <laughs> F-A-L-B-O underscore B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N. 
Uh, you can check out a lot. Check out my podcast. It came from Queens. I do my own interviews with people over there, and frequently, I'm still in the process of editing a two and a half hour script reading that me and Stephanie Sotili did of the now uh, rejected Powerpuff Girls live action script. Ooh, well then. Again, guys, links for all that will be down below, even including the podcast. That I can't wait to hear come back because it's been it's been a fun one. But guys, thank you so much for joining us. As always, don't forget to be wise, be genuine, be real, be better people. And as always, follow the law. I've been the law, Ray Ramundo. This has been episode number eight of season two. I still don't know how we're still here, but hey, see you guys tomorrow. Peace and follow the law. Bye.